Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit lhachurch.com. Matthew 16 is where we're going to begin today. This morning is going to be a little different. This morning I want to share uh, more from a topical standpoint. Really, this morning I just really kind of want to share from my heart with you as your pastor as we uh, here at the end of the service we're going to be receiving new members in and uh, you know as I was preparing for today my heart was stirred about sharing with you something this morning on the importance of why we invest in the local church why we invest in the local body of believers now for those of you who are coming into membership this morning, I have to tell you, I'm sorry to have to give you this information, but being the fact you're coming into membership, it has nothing to do with status. It has nothing to do with rights. It has nothing to do about I get this or I get that. Membership is about commitment to the body of Christ. For those of you today who are committed, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. And those of you who are just marginally committed, I want to welcome you to come on board and to join the team. And for those who maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I'm not sure what this whole process is about the local church and the local body, I want to encourage you to start a journey that will change your life. It is a key to giving your life to things that matter, things of significance. And I don't know about you today, but when it's all been said and it's all been done in my life, I want to have given my life to something that's of great value. This morning I want to talk to you about commitment to the body of Christ. And I want to share some practical reasons why my commitment and your commitment to the local church is so important. You know, the truth is this morning you might be asking the question, why do, why do I need to commit to the church? Why is, you know, why do we set aside a day for membership and why do we make that such a big deal? Why do I need to commit to LHA? You, like most of us, might be saying, you know what, my life is so busy, church is just one more thing taking up my time, one more thing that I've got to make sure that I get done, one more thing that I've got to try to work into my life. This morning I want to take a few minutes and I want to share with you why our commitment to the church is differentiated from our commitments to anything else in this world. Now, you know this morning that as a church, we understand that the church is not this building. You may uh, refer to you may say on Sunday we're going to church and it may refer uh, often in your conversations as the place where we go to worship God but the reality is the church really is the body of Christ it's you and I you and I make up the church and so today the church is not uh, delegated or relegated to a building the church is around the world today there are churches today meeting out underneath a tree in Africa there are churches today that uh, in communist countries are meeting in basements they're meeting in different places and the presence of the Lord is there and today you and I are blessed to be able to meet together in this place with no fear 
We're able to come here today. You know, uh, a scripture I want to share with you a few minutes. Last night as I was just in prayer for the service, the Lord just began to prompt my heart to that passage of scripture in Matthew 18 where he said, where two or three are gathered together, he said, I am in your midst. And so the good news is, friend, it doesn't matter where you and I are meeting. Whenever the church gets together, he's there. Can you say amen? We're often saying, Lord, come, Lord, come. Friend, I encourage you, when we get together, just worship him like you would if he walked in the door because where two or three are gathered says he's already here. It's not like we got to get him here. He's here before you and I get here. So it doesn't matter today where we're meeting. He is here. Now, the truth is this building this morning you and I are sitting in is just a representation. It's uh, providing a place where we can go and find and grow in our mature in our walk with Christ. So why should we commit to the church? First thing I would share with you, and, and truthfully, I'll be honest with you, I think, I think I could share this point alone this morning, and it would probably be enough. The first point I would share with you, we should commit to the church because Jesus Christ himself is committed to the church. Matthew chapter 16, it's our text for today. Tying into last week, we were in this passage, Matthew 16, beginning in verse 17. We were in this passage last Sunday. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I want you to pay very close attention to that phrase right in the middle that Jesus said, I will build my church. There are many opinions today about the church. Many thoughts of what the church should be or should not be. There are many who aren't sure what they believe in regard to the church. For some, the church is too old-fashioned. For others, the church is too contemporary. No matter what man believes in regard to the church, no matter what opinions might be out there, there is no one, can you say the word no one? There's no one who believes in the church more than Jesus Christ. No one is more committed to equipping and enabling the church to succeed than the Lord Jesus Christ. You will notice his statement. He doesn't say, I will build a church. He said, I will build my church. The church is not an organization, but it's a living entity. It is a vibrant, living being whose life is provided by the indwelling spirit of Jesus Christ. It was Christ who said, I will build my church. That's why nobody can stop it. That's why though men have tried to harness it, it can't be harnessed. It is without the world's control. It is outside the world's ability to handle We've seen all around the world as nations have tried to stop the church only to find it is unstoppable. China has outlawed the church 
only to find that the more they have persecuted the church. And this, this past week as I was reading through some material I was reading on the persecuted church and, and they had uh, a picture of a Chinese lady there who had been tied up. She was tied to a chair and she had been beaten within a few inches of her life. All because she had given her heart and life to Jesus Christ. And what the article was talking about was the fact that they were trying to get this woman to denounce her faith in Jesus. And they couldn't do it. And you know, as China today has tried to stop the church, statistics are telling us that around, throughout China today, over 10,000 people are coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior every single day. Every single day, 70,000 since you and I were here last have come into the kingdom and they said, we're going to outlaw it. We're going to burn their Bibles. We're going to imprison them. We're going to stop them only to find. You see, if it was an organization, you might be able to stop it. But the church is a living being. It is filled with the lifeblood of Jesus Christ, the creator of all. My friend, you can work all you want. You'll never be able to stop the church of Jesus Christ. The church has been aptly called the bride of Christ. The bride which Jesus purchased with his own blood, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives. There's a good exhortation there. We're going to go on, but that's a good that's a good place to stop and pause, isn't it? And all the ladies said, husbands. The word of the Lord today to all the men, husbands, love your wives. Notice this, we have an example. Some guys say, well, I'm not good at that. I don't know how to do that. Here's the example. Just as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain, without wrinkle, without any other blemish, holy and blameless, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's an incredible love, an incredible commitment that Jesus has for the church. It's about a love relationship. Words that I believe would describe his heart well are words like committed, loyal, dedicated, resolute, passionate, driven, motivated, devoted. Paul said Christ loves the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 gives us the characteristics of the word love and it speaks of Christ's attitude towards the church. You'll notice in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 7 it says these words, it always protects. Does the church have to run in fear? No. Why? It always protects. 
can always trust. When you've lost faith in the church, he never loses faith in the church. When you say, I don't know what I think about the future church, it says love always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, the truth is it's easy to speak about the things that are wrong with the local church. And the truth is, how many of you in this room are human? Would you lift your hand if you're human? How many of you know as long as humanity is here, there's going to be some failings? How many of y'all ever, uh, let, I, I know it's Sunday, how many of y'all ever did something really dumb? Yeah. How many of y'all ever said something you wish you hadn't said it? It came out of your mouth and you went, oh. As long as humanity is on the face of the earth, there's going to be some times when our humanity is going to shine. But that doesn't have anything to do with the church. That doesn't stop the church. That doesn't church cause the church to stutter. That doesn't slow up the church. Now the truth is, it's easy for us to speak about the things that are wrong with the church. Well, I, I don't like this and I don't like that. I don't care for this. You know, if y'all don't mind, this ain't in the notes. This will be the free part today. Often we treat the church like we do our favorite restaurant. Well, if my steak isn't just right, well, I'm sending it back. I give my money. I'm on metal for a minute. I give my money and I already get what I like because I give my money. Well, you know what? The, they don't do this. When I walked through the door of the restaurant, they didn't act like they even cared that I came in. Man, this seat's too hard. I've been sitting here too long. Well, it ain't as good as it was last time. We treat the church just like we do everything else that is about our appeasement. The church isn't anything about appeasing. The church is about lifting up Jesus Christ. The church is about pointing people to Jesus. The church is about making disciples. The church is about getting people ready for heaven. That's the motive of the church. And so listen, if you came and your goal is to be comfortable, then you need to go back to the restaurant. If you came to the church like you do the restaurant and you expect everybody to wait on you, I can't, I ain't got time to go there. <laughs> Woo. If you're expecting when you come to church for everybody to be right there at your little beck, beckoning call, you might as well go back to the restaurant because that's what, not what the church is about. Listen, this is probably the best way to describe the church is bigger than you are. It's not just about pandering 
to our likes and dislikes. The church is about pointing people to eternity. If there's anything, if there's anything we ought to speak concerning the church, it ought to be a commitment to building up, edifying, strengthening, establishing. In my words, when we gather together, I point people to Jesus. The church is the bride of Christ. It's the group of people he's committed to. It's the group he died on the cross for. He gave everything he had to build his church. Jesus believes in the church so much. What I share with you, he believes in our gathering together so much that he said, whenever two or three get together, I be there. He came, didn't care whether it snowed or not. <laughs> he didn't care anything else going on. He said, if they're getting together, I'm going to be there. Where two or three are gathered, he said, I am in the midst. Friend, when you're committed to the local body, you are committing to what Jesus Christ is committed to. You're committing to the things that Jesus is backing and empowering. He gave up everything to build his church. He would not only birth the church and fashion the church according to his design, but he would empower the church and enable it to be a force that even the powers of hell would not be able to stand against. All heaven is behind the church. Heaven believes in the church. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are behind the church. Listen to our passage in Matthew 16 and 18 from the Message Bible. He said, this is the rock on which I'll put my church together. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. Today around the world, the gospel is going where they said it couldn't go. The gospel is at work changing hearts and lives where they said it couldn't. For many years, we saw David Wilkerson in the inner city of New York doing an incredible work, seeing lives change, turned around. Today, all around the world, it doesn't matter where you go, the gospel of Jesus Christ is still changing lives. Hell has tried to keep it out. Hell has said, you can't cross this border only to find the gospel just keeps going, just keeps going and changing lives. The church, my friend, the church will not falter, the church will not fail because Jesus Christ is committed to the church. When we look at the early church and we find the advice of Gamaliel to the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the scribes, teachers of the law were trying to figure out what they could do to stop this newfound church. Acts 5 verses 38 and 39, 
he said these words in advisement. In this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of, of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. You can't stop his church. Governments can persecute it, but they can't stop it. They can outlaw it, but they'll only find the harder they try to contain it, the harder they try to stop it, the greater its expansion will be. Because Jesus Christ is committed to his church. Secondly, you should commit to the church. Because, friend, it's the only thing that goes to heaven with you. The church is the one thing you can commit to on this earth that you can take to heaven with you because it has eternal value. The church is the only thing that goes into eternity. Everything else stays here. The church, its mission, its vision are the only things you can invest yourself in that will yield eternal rewards. Why is the church a better commitment value in your life than anything else on this earth? Because it's the only thing that carries over into heaven. Why does it have greater value than any other group in the world? Because your commitment to the church brings about eternal benefits in your life and the lives of those around you. The work you do for the church is different than any other work that you do on this earth. The work of the church is the only one. It's the only one. It's the only one that will yield eternal rewards. Why? If you don't mind for me, I just want to be your pastor. Why should your commitment to the church not waver? Why should your commitment to the kingdom of God be greater than any other group in this world? Parents, why should your commitment to have your children connected to the church be greater than any other organization? I can tell you today, everything that we do in this place, let's be honest. The other churches down the road are doing the same thing. It's not like we're the only one that's got the corner on the market here. There's churches all across this community today. And you know what they're doing? They're trying to save people from hell and get them on their way to heaven. And listen, as you invest your kids in the life of the church, it's not. It's not about one more thing on the docket to be done. It's about investing in their life for things that will have eternal rewards. No other group focuses on things of eternal value like the church. Other groups focus on raising balance and healthy individuals. And, and that is great. Do not misunderstand me. This is not a sermon today talking about how bad all the other activities in the world are. 
If you think that's where I'm going, change your thought. I'm not on that track. There are plenty of great things you and your kids can be involved in. But none of them will bring, none of them will point you to the place of your eternal destination like the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, other activities may build good, moral, healthy, balanced people for this life, but the church will help you focus not only in this life, but the life that is to come. And my friend, if I live 70, 80, maybe I get really blessed and I live a hundred years on this side and I live a good life, a blessed life, a balanced life, a healthy life. Eternity will be forever. My short hundred years here will be but a drop in the bucket. Why should we commit to the church? Because it's the one place that helps us focus on eternity. The ministries that go on here on a regular basis are putting the word of God into children's hearts and in their lives. David said, I stand today behind Pastor Jeremy, our youth pastor, and all of our youth workers because the Bible says, how can a young man stay pure? And the Bible says, by living according to the word of God. We've got to get the word into their hearts. When kids get into trouble, nobody pipes up and says, we need to get them involved in more activities what people say is we got to get our family back in church friend if you want to commit to something that has the ability to change your life here and not only here but in the hereafter then the church is where it's at your commitment to the church and the labor that comes from that commitment goes with you in heaven. Jesus said, do not lay up treasures on this earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. In a day when we need to see the things of eternal value even more, a commitment to the church makes more sense than ever before in our history. Thirdly, we need to commit to the church because it is the place that encourages your faith to grow. It's in the church where you're going to be encouraged. Men and women are going to be built up. It's through relationships that you build within the church that are going to challenge you and help you to grow in your faith. You see, just being here, wow, Lord, help me give me words. Just being here doesn't make it happen. You need to be involved. You need to be in the process. You need to be connected to the process. Why? Because you and I need to build relationships. Spiritually speaking, there is no room for the Lone Ranger. The benefits of others, the benefits they bring to our lives, the truth is, I need what God's put inside of you, and you need what God's put inside of me. And together we walk this journey, and we encourage each other to build our faith in Jesus Christ. It's in the church where the body 
is going to encourage you to keep growing. The word says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. When we are committed to the church, we are consistently going to have people around us that are going to build us up and encourage us in the faith. I told you I was going to be your pastor for a minute. You may have to forgive me for a moment. Do not engage in conversations that tear one another down. If you want to do that, go back to the workplace. Go back to where the world is operating. That's not how the body operates. I'm not looking to anybody in particular. I'm not preaching to one person that I know something's going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm just telling you, this is the place you ought to build one another up. There ought not to be conversations out by a car, out by a hallway, back on a text or a, or a, a, a messaging relationship that talks about how bad other people in the church are. The Bible has a clear way of that. It says if you've got a problem with your brother, go to him. I ain't got time to preach on that. That's another free part for today. <laughs> Listen, I say that because I believe in the church, not because I'm the pastor here. I believe in the church because the church is the one thing that's going to help you in this life to make it. There are too many people. The Bible says broad is the way that's going towards destruction. And the way that leads to eternal life is narrow and only a few find it. I believe the church because we got to get more off the broad road and get them on the narrow road. Too many people treat the church as if we only need it ever so often. But your faith when coming out of the church is more vibrant and alive than when you came into the church. God has designed his house to be a place where we gather together on a regular basis for renewal and refreshment. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approach. Jesus is coming soon. My Lord, all you got to do is look a little bit in the news today. And if you know anything about Bible prophecy, you will say Jesus is coming soon. If we know that truth, the Bible says as we see the day approaching, we ought to be encouraging. We ought to be benefiting, building up one another all the more as we see Jesus near coming. If you feel that you're not growing in your faith, get around others who are growing. Don't hide away. Don't separate yourself. Have you ever had anything in life that you were not comfortable doing? Like right now, if I were to call one of you up here and have you stand on the platform. Some of you are sweating right now because you're wondering, will it be me? There are things in life that sometimes we're uncomfortable doing. Sometimes, I'll tell you, by nature, I know I may be up here 
but by nature, I'm the guy that'd rather be at the back of the line. I'd rather be let somebody else do for it, and I'm okay to sit in the back corner. But sometimes we got to do some things that aren't necessarily the things that are easiest for us. We do them because we see a greater good. There are times you're going to say, well, you know what, I don't feel like going and getting in the middle. I don't feel like going and getting involved. I'd rather just kind of do my own thing, and, and surely I can figure it out on my own. Listen, friend, listen. I told you earlier there wasn't room for the Lone Ranger. Any of y'all, some of y'all don't even know who the Lone Ranger is. <laughs> I'm probably really doing my age justice here. <laughs> but for those of you who do know who the Lone Ranger is, <laughs> the Lone Ranger always had a Tonto. Always. We will not do well without a tanto in our lives. Home, friend, I want to encourage you. If you say, you know what, I just don't feel, I have, let, let me describe it this way, I, because I can do this as your pastor. I have never had anyone come to me, sit down in my office, disturbed on the inside that said pastor i don't feel apart i don't feel like my faith is growing i feel disconnected and i don't feel a part of anything i feel like i'm all by myself they never come do that if they're involved in the process now they might come sometimes and go i need to slow the process down a little bit <laughs> but never do they come and say i feel disconnected because they're a part of the process Usually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not exact science, but the majority of times when people come to me and they say, I don't feel a part, it's because they're not being a part. There are opportunities to fellowship and to grow in your faith, and they're never there. There's service after service after service. There's uh, gatherings. There's all kinds of ways to be involved. Ministries to be connected with, all kinds of things we can be a part of. And if we're not a part, we will feel disconnected. That's just the truth. I want to encourage you if you don't feel like your faith is growing, and you see so and so, you see brothers and so and so, and their faith seems to be growing, go get connected with them. If you want to be a part and you say, you know what, I want my faith to grow in the Lord and I want to grow in my walk with Jesus, friend, just jump right in the middle of it. Because the church is a place where our faith is going to grow. Is this local body perfect? No. No. And I can tell you that nobody knows it better than I do. I know there's areas we need to grow in, things we need to get done more, things we need to accomplish more, and we're constantly striving and heading there. But I do know this, you won't find a better place for your faith to be encouraged than when you connect with the body of Christ. It's where we're going to grow. I can tell you this church is constantly striving to offer more opportunities for people to grow, become more effective in their relationship with Christ. We are currently working on a new season of our life groups. 
so that we will all be challenged to grow to new heights together in our relationship with Jesus. Friend, when you commit to the cause of the church, you are committing yourself to the things that are going to help you grow in your faith. The church has a greater purpose. The church is bigger than just me. The church is a place that will help you grow because it gives you opportunities to serve. What we do, we do on purpose. Friend, there should be purpose in our commitment. Not just because we like praise and worship or we've got some great friends there. The church has a greater purpose than that. Why do we have great worship? Because he said when two or more get together, I'll be there. We ought to have great worship because we got a great God to worship. Why do we have great friends here? Because the great love that God has shed in our hearts for one another. Your commitment has to get bigger than you are. It's found in the opportunity of serving others. Listen to me for a minute. If you're only committed to the worship or the people or the preaching, when one of those things changes, you're gone. And when that's the case, you're committed to you more than the body. I'll go to Texas Roadhouse because it's the new one in town. I'll go here because they'll do, they'll do me better. When you are committed to the church, you find there's a greater purpose than me. As you grow in serving others, you will grow in your relationship with Christ. If you want to grow, I want to encourage you. Get involved in the area of ministry. Many say, you know what, I've been hurt in the church before. I've heard bad things about churches. And, and let's be honest, there's not a person in this room that hasn't. Because humanity, uh, humanity attends. Humanity is leaders. So there's probably not a person in this room that you haven't heard something negative about a church or something somewhere at some time. There are many who say, you know what, I've been hurt in the church, therefore I will not commit to another church ever again in my life. My friend, if that's happened, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you've had to experience that in your life. But to keep going like this, you're only going to hurt yourself. God has so much better for you. He has so many great things for you. The church is committed. The church is committed to the care, the love, and the nurture of Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not be able to stop it or keep it out. So I want to ask you this morning, are you committed to the church? 
And listen, I know, I know that is such a trite statement. Let me help better explain what I mean by that. Are you committed to the church, the body of Christ, as Jesus Christ is? Do you have the same passion for the church as Jesus has for the church? There's nothing greater, nothing higher, nothing finer that you and I can commit ourselves to than the work of the kingdom of God. Today is a day where in our culture today, commitment is at an all-time low. Not just in the church, in many things. Marriage, jobs, families, children, finances, all kinds of areas in our life. Commitment is, is very low right now. It's in the midst of that culture that I want to encourage you to come up to another level. It's in the midst of that kind of culture and that mind frame that I want to encourage you to commit yourself to something that will last beyond you and me and those that come behind us. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you see, there are those who have went before us. I spent... Uh, I spent my life, I'll be honest with you, I was one of those kids that grew up in church. Um, it was not one of the things we did in growing up, it was what we did when I was growing up. My father kept me involved in all kinds of things that I could be involved in and helped me be involved in them, but my father had an undying commitment to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. When my father passed away, I stood right here at the front of this building, and I met people that I did not know. People that came up to me and said, you don't know me, uh, but I worked with your dad out at the factory. And they would say, I just want you to know that I know Jesus Christ because of your dad. I had one man in specific that I do have the opportunity now to see from time to time, and every time I see him, he remarks about my father's spiritual influence on his life. Why would my dad do that? Because my dad believed in the church. And the truth is, part of the church is already in heaven. That's where my dad's at. And there's a lot of others who've gone ahead of us. Many of you have loved ones that are already in heaven. They worked, they labored, they paved the road. The truth is, you and I are sitting in this building today because people many years ago paved the way. They were committed to the church, never knew. Some of you were born after Brother Plank, who was the founding pastor of this church, 
Some of you were born after he died. He never even knew you, but you are here today because he planted seed. May you and I, by our commitment to the church, plant seed for others that will come behind us. Let us see higher than us. Let us see higher than our ones. Let us see something higher. Let us see the future of those that will come behind us and enter into the kingdom. Because we were here and we were committed. That's why your commitment to the kingdom, my friend, has greater value in your life and the lives of others than any other thing you can commit to. But I have to explain something in closing. In a few minutes, we're going to receive some people into membership, and uh, that's not how you become a part of the church. Here's the way you become part of the church. It's the day that when you and I Receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. That's how we get into the church. That's how we become a part of the church. I shared a passage with you a few weeks ago. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. When you and I come to know Jesus Christ, we are brought in the family of God. We become children of God. So, friends, in closing today, I want to ask you the question, are you a part of the church, not LHA? Are you part of the church, the family of God? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you experienced sins forgiven through Jesus Christ? My friend, if you've not experienced that, you can. It's not hard. You don't, have, you don't have to fill out an application. You don't have to be approved for anything. The Bible says if we just come to him, believe that Jesus Christ died for our sin. Believe that Jesus rose from the grave, friend. We can be saved. So I want to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Would would you do me a favor? Would you mind bowing your heads across this room? This morning, friend, I want to ask you that question one more time, and I want to ask it in this moment of reflection and consideration for your life. Friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can. You can know him today. You don't have to wait for another week, another service. You can know him today in this place. It's not a hard thing. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So how do I resolve that? The Bible says, 1 John 1 and 9, if I confess my sin to him, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. The Bible says all those who call in the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So, friend, I just want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you accepted Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life? Well, heads are bowed, friend. I'm not going to, I wouldn't do anything in the world to embarrass you today. Today, if you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. But you say, I want to know him. 
You say, I've not experienced sins forgiven through Jesus Christ, but I want to today. My friend, my question is, do you know Jesus as your Savior? If not, if you say, I don't know him as a Savior, but I want to this morning, with heads bowed, nobody's looking around, just, just, this is just me and you. If you just say, Pastor, if you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, would you please remember me in prayer today? I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. While I wait this morning, I just want to know Jesus. I want to know my sins are forgiven. I want to know that I'm ready for heaven. Friend, if that's you, just lift up a hand and say, please remember me in prayer, Pastor. Father, I pray this morning for every person that's in this room. I pray for those, God, that are at different places on the journey towards eternity. Father, I pray for those that are here that may not know you as Savior, Lord. Father, I pray today before the day is over. I pray, Father, that they'll call on you. Whether it's in the car or at home, wherever they may be, that they would just call on you today. And friend, if that's you, all you've got to do is just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and life and be my Savior. Friend, he'll come and he'll meet you right there at that place. And Jesus Christ, as you take that little step, he'll come running to you. And Father, I pray today for those that are at different places on this journey. I pray for those that are, have walked with you for quite some time. Lord, I pray today they'll be encouraged in their faith in you. And Lord, for all of us, would you just speak to us about our commitment to the things that matter the most. And God, may today be a day of reflection and may today be a day where we consider our life. And Lord, in the busyness of life, so many things are drawing and pulling for our attention and the affection of our hearts. Lord, I just ask you today, Lord, to talk to us about our commitment to the things that matter the very most. Father, I trust you to do that because these people belong to you. So Lord, I ask you today that you'll be with us and I pray you'll fulfill everything you've purposed and planned for us. And I ask it all in the name of Jesus. And all the church said together, amen. Well, in closing, we are going to receive members into this local body. Membership really is about commitment. Membership is about saying, you know what, I'm committing to this local body to support with my attendance, support with my finances, support with my energy. I believe in what God is doing in the local church, and I want to be a part in this level of commitment to what God is doing. And so that's what we're going to do. Paul, if you'll come, honey. Had, uh, what I'd like to ask at this moment, if you, those of you that are coming into membership, would you just come now and stand across the front facing the platform and stand side to side. If you'll just come this morning across the room.
As you find your place, just stand side to side, if you will. God bless all of you. God bless you today. You know, I've often stood in moments like this over the years. And I've often stood on this very same platform and conducted weddings. There's probably no other activity that reminds me of a wedding than this one does. Because a wedding really is about commitment, isn't it? It's about giving ourselves for something bigger than ourselves. So today, as you and I join together in this place, the best is yet to come in your life. Some of you have been some incredible seasons, and I believe that God is not finished with you yet. The best is yet ahead for your life. So many of you, the stories that we could tell of where God has brought you from and what God is doing in your life. Some of you stand here, I've watched you grow up in this church. What an incredible blessing that it is to see you now taking this kind of step. And for some of you, our journey together has been shorter. Oh, how sweet it's been as we've journeyed together. Today, I don't offer you a membership card with discounts. I don't offer you a membership card today that's actually going to bring you any luxury in this life. But what I can offer you so what I used to see out by my grandfather's barn. My grandpa out back of the little barn there, their property, was a little hand plow. Hand plows well worn. A lot of the places that were rough on the handles of the plow have been made smooth because there's those that have gone before you and I and they've worked the plow. I ask you today to join us putting your hand on the plow and you and I are going to continue plowing all the way till we get to heaven someday and all the things that are going to happen the lives that are going to be changed the hearts that are going to be transformed When I think of all that Jesus has done in your life, Rodney, wow. He's been so faithful. He's brought you so far. You're just, you're just touching the tip of the iceberg, my friend. For each one of you today, as we walk this journey together, I believe God is going to do the incredible, the impossible, more, the Bible says, than we could even ask or even imagine. That's what you're hooked up with. Not something that 
10 years down the road, the church of Jesus Christ is going to falter and fail. It'll never go under. It'll just keep growing higher, finer, greater. You know, Mary, I think Mary is uh, getting ready to enter a, a new stage in life of retirement. She's not sure what that all means or what that's going to be about. You may be done with that part. God will never be done with your influence on other people's lives. <laughs> oh, you've got great things ahead of you, Mary. Amen. Friends that God has brought from several places across the United States, most last was Utah. We did not know that God would bring us together for this time and this season in our lives to walk this journey together, but here we are. This is our season to walk together. So each one of us, no matter your history, you know, Todd and Carrie, we've known Carrie for a long time and Todd for a shorter time. What wonderful folks they are. You know, many of you, before you knew me, when Paul and I, we were youth pastors, we lived in Newcastle. We knew Carrie and her mother and father who are here today. We knew them so well. I never imagined all those years ago, almost 30 years ago, and here we are today. But you know what? It's all in the plan of God. It's our season. It's our season. Chris and I have known each other. Chris knows me longer than most of you. Chris went to school with me. She known me for a long time. Don't worry. Don't ask her. She ain't got no stories. So you don't even have to worry about asking her anything. <laughs> and Brian, the great things that God has for your life, your life is not by accident. Your life has great purpose in the kingdom of God. Ron and Dixie. <laughs> if y'all haven't got a chance to be around Ron, I love to be around. John, Ron is such a jokester. He loves to tell jokes, and Dixie has such a kind and sweet spirit. And so many of you, I, I wish I had time to go through and tell stories of everyone. I won't hold you here forever. Here's what I want to do for you today. As you come into membership, Paul and I, we want to pray a prayer of blessing over each one of you. Because I have faith in the kingdom of God, enough faith to believe, Bryce, that God has great things for your life. Would you bow your heads all across the room? Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I speak the blessing of God over every life that's gathered here today. Father, I thank you for days that have gone by that you've used their lives. But I pray, Father, they're entering into a new season of a greater dimension of your hand upon them. I pray, God, you will begin to do things in their life they can't even begin to ask or imagine that you could do it. Thank you, Father, for raising up a new generation. A new generation committed connected to you. Father, I thank you for families, God, that serve you. God, you've moved this family from place to place all across the nation. 
Father, I pray while they're in this season at this place, I pray a greater anointing upon their lives than they've ever known before for the cause of the kingdom. Father, ask it in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray your hand would be upon Bryce, and I pray, God, you will use Bryce. He is so important to you. He is of such great value to you in the kingdom. Lord, would you just bless him and use him and strengthen him? I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, greater things are ahead of us, greater opportunities, greater moments, greater days. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, oh God, for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon them in a mighty way. Father, would you just use them? Use them for things of eternal value. Father, thank you for molding and making us into the people you've created us to be. Father, I ask you today, place your hand upon them. We commit them now to you. We commit them to the cause of the kingdom. We commit them to the cause of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray. The half has not even been told yet of all that you will do through their lives to build, edify, strengthen your kingdom. Father, I pray these things in the name of Jesus. I believe these things in the name of Jesus. And I anticipate all these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. And in his name we ask it all. Amen, amen, and amen. If you would stay with me, congregation, would you stand with us and I'm going to ask you to do something, congregation. I'm going to ask you, uh, if, if you're comfortable with this, I know today you may be visiting, you say, I don't know these folks or what's going on. If you're comfortable with this, I'd like to ask everybody, if you would just kind of move across the aisles and take your neighbor, the person next to you, by the hand, just, uh, just as a point of agreement, a point of unity, point of togetherness. What a great group of people. Wow, as I look across the room, some of you, you've not been here real long. Some of you, I've known you for a long time. Some of you, there's all different stories across the room that we could tell. God has brought us together for this time, this season, to impact this generation and the generations that are to come behind us. So what I'd, I've asked you to do this because I'd like for us to pray a prayer in unity today. I'm asking you to pray this prayer in your own way, your own words. Pray this prayer. Lord, use our church to make a difference in the world. However your words you want to use, you use them. Let's pray that together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I do so on the name, the blood, the power of Jesus Christ. I ask you today, use our church, God, to win this world and to make a difference. God, I pray you'll give us wisdom when we need wisdom. Give us understanding when we need it. God, 
Would you give us insight to reach this next generation? Father, I pray you'll use us to make a difference. I pray the kingdom will grow because this church is here. I pray there'll be men and women in our community that will make heaven because this church is here. I pray marriages will be restored. I pray lives will be restored. I pray addictions will be broken. I pray lives will be transformed because this church is here. So I ask you, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to use us for your glory. Use us for your glory. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll give us greater dreams than we've ever had before for you. I pray you'll give us greater passion for you than we've ever had before. I pray, Father, that in the power of your word, our best days will be before us. I believe, Lord, all things are possible to them that believe. And I believe your word is true. And I trust you for it, Father. Lord, there's so many incredible people you brought here today. Thank you for the friends that are here today. Thank you for those that are visiting here with us today. I ask your special blessing upon them. And Father, I pray today you'll keep your hand upon these people. And God, that you will help us to be a light that shines in the black of the night. I thank you for it. I believe you for it, and I know in anticipation that you are working all things, all things together for the good. I believe that and stand on it in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Amen. He is working all things together for our good. I want to encourage you, before you leave today, to shake hands with one another. Maybe you find somebody you don't know. Introduce yourself. And may the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you all.